0: or visit them for more information at CabotRisk.com. I'm really excited to introduce our guest today. Jake Jacobs helps organizations, teams, and individuals make monumental changes. For more than 35 years, Jake's worked in 61 industries, from high-tech to manufacturing, from hospitality to entertainment, and he's consulted to 96 organizations, from Fortune 50 to national nonprofits and community theaters. Jake has supported more than 210,000 people. That is a lot of people directly on important changes to their business. And what kind of changes, you might ask? Everything from strategy, implementation, culture change, to mergers and acquisitions, and in leadership development. Jake has partnered with CEOs, frontline workers, and change makers in middle management in organizations like Ford, Kraft, and Marriott, and he has helped create change for the city of New York the United Kingdom's National Health Service, and the United States Army and Navy. Jake is also the author of a brand new book, Leverage Change, Eight Ways to Achieve Faster, Easier, Better Results, which is available today on Amazon. And I hope we're going to talk a little bit about the need for bravery when you think about change in your organization. Hello, Jake. Hi, Ed. How are you? I am doing great. How's it going? Good. Thank you for having me. We're thrilled you're here and congratulations on your new book. And before we get started, I'd love for you to just to take a couple of more minutes to tell us about yourself and how you interact in the marketplace today. Sure.
1: Um, Ed, my clients are people who lead change work in organizations that are frustrated that the results they're achieving are uh, too slow, sometimes too hard, and uh, often too disappointing. And what I wrote the book about was distilling what I've learned in my 35 years on the front lines of change efforts of all types, as you said. So, how do we change that conversation and change that game to faster, easier, better results? And so, I work both directly with organizations in consulting capacity on engagements, and most recently, have developed programs to help people with the levers so that they can, through group consultations, learning from each other, and then also learning from me, how do you systematically apply these strategic actions to get
0: that faster, easier, better result? Well, I am sure there are podcasts out there strictly based on change management or leveraging change. Uh, Today, we're gonna be thinking about it as it pertains to work, but before we get there, you know, I loved your description about how people experience change, and I'm just going to put it in a slightly different order. Uh, I think they think it's too hard, and so they might avoid it. And then if they start it, it's too slow, You know, the proverbial Queen Mary, and it just takes too long to do it. And once it's getting done, or as it's moving toward its final point of destination, they're disappointed by the outcomes. And I'm just wondering if you could share, Jake, uh, when you think about change being too hard, you know, what is it about change? Uh, well, l- let's do this first, actually. You know, how do you define change? You know, everyone who's listening is probably coming up with their own definition of what change is or how they have experienced it in the past. But from your perspective, as you work with clients, you know, how do you define or how do you explain what change is to them?
1: Yeah, so <clears throat> for me, Ed, and I, I work with both individuals and teams and organizations, I try and keep things pretty simple and pretty direct, because I think um, this doesn't have to be any more fancy or difficult than it is on its own, which is plenty. So I would say it's really getting from point A to point B. And how you decide where point B is, And how you understand where point A is, if you're an individual, it could be your own behavior as a leader and talking about, how do I provide the leadership that's required in this organization? And what new skills and knowledge and abilities do I need to develop? That's one level of point A to point B. With teams, point A to point B could really be about, well, how do we partner with others in the organization? And there's a lot of conflict and people working at cross-purposes with the best of intentions, and their point A and point B looks more like partnership. And then at the organizational level, how do we compete in the marketplace? And how do we take quality numbers and, uh, and improve those on a magnitude, an order of magnitude of you know 5 or 10 rather than a 5 or 10 percent? but a five or 10 times improvement. Those are what A to Bs look like. And, And for different people, they define them differently. I also would say one other thing is how B gets defined matters a lot. And so um, this, you know, coming down from the mountaintop with tablets is is old stuff. It's, uh, you know, been there, done that. And so how do you engage people meaningfully in creating their collective future is another big piece of how effective change happens.
0: Well, coming from a corporate career, I love the context of simplicity and candor. I have worked in a lot of organizations where they thought the more complex we could make it, the more important it would sound. And right. unfortunately, when they were asked questions at meetings to... Uh, understand it deeper, it became hard to share, right? So I think keeping things very simple. I think Einstein or somebody said, you know, if you can't explain something in one minute or less, you really don't understand it or something like that. Um, And then candor, right? To be direct and honest uh, and not dance around the topic because anytime you dance, you're now making it even more complex than before. So all right, so I want to go back to those words you used: hard, slow, and disappointing. And again, you know, keeping in mind to some degree bravery at work. You know, Jake, how about hard? You know, why do people think change is hard?
1: Well, <clears throat> so here's these. The, the book is set up at around eight common problems that people and organizations face, and for each of those problems, I have uh, designed or developed a lever to address it. And I use levers, it just goes back to that story. Archimedes was a third century BC great mathematician, and he had a saying that many people know, which is, uh, give me a lever long enough and a fulcrum on which to place it, and single-handed I shall move the world. So what these levers are about is smart strategic actions that that get a big impact, small actions, big impact. And so when we talk about why change is hard, one of the levers talks about um, there being too much change and people having change fatigue, being overwhelmed by it, and uh, for one reason or another feeling inadequate to do their job because changes, re- you know, there's more coming uh, and you, you, you disappear under a wave of changes. It's not just one at a time, but they're coming fast and furious. So one of the levers is a paradoxical approach to that. Most people focus on change when they're dealing with change. I also focus on what not to change. And so this says, look, there is stability or what I call continuity out there. And it gives you a lot more courage to be able to take a leap into the unknown when you've got a foot on firm ground that you're leaping off from. So I talk to people, whether it's a memo or a town hall meeting or a presentation, to always remember and speak to what's going to stay the same. Because otherwise, if you don't speak to it, people don't feel it and they don't assume that it's going to be that way. And so it all feels like change, and everything feels like it's up in the air. And that's just not true. So if we pay attention to continuity, which is the first chapter in the book, I think we find people are able to have a lot more courage because they're dealing with reality. Otherwise, I think you're dealing with half the story which is the change part of the story. It's important. I spend my whole life working on it. But the stability or the continuity piece
0: is equally important. And I think most organizations ignore it to their peril. Well, I think that also requires bravery in order to almost put forth this idea of, hey, not only are we changing something, but let's not forget everything else that's not changing and how we're still going to move forward as an organization. And while this one piece might be modified, there's many other pieces to your existence that are staying the same. And to me, that's context setting, right? That's something a leader needs to do up front as part of the change announcement or, you know, in the process to ensure that we don't get so caught up, as you said, that, oh, my God, one thing's changing. Everything's now (laughs) changing, which may not be the case.
1: Right. And the other thing I would say, Ed, is that, you know, what is required from bravery, if you think about it as a leader, you know, you're not going to get on the cover of Fortune and Business Week by being a continuity agent you're going to end up by being a change agent and our society looks at it and glorifies that so that you know all the th- all the time and energy is spent on change so you're going to have to step out into a lonely space if you're going to start paying attention to continuity and championing continuity amidst major change efforts It's going to be a lonely path to take because it's not what society rewards and it's not what most organizations are doing. So if you take that path and I would tell you, if you don't take that path, you're in for a world of hurt, of overwhelm and resistance and everything else. If you take that path, you may be one of the very few walking down that path and not have a lot of company.
0: Well, we think back on corporate America 30, 40 years ago everybody was a continuity agent. You know, The IBMs of the world said, you know, we're gonna keep doing what we're doing because it's working. And this idea of change never really ever came up. And as you're describing, which I think all of our listeners know, today change happens daily, right? I mean, there were times when I worked at an organization where we rarely changed, and if we ever made a change, it was always in January, right? After Christmas, and then the start of the new year. And once we got through January, all was well. Today, you could walk in and get an email saying, we just realigned the IT department and so on and so, right? And then the next day, it's AP, and it's just constant change. So this volume of change you're describing seems to be impacting the workplace. How about slow? You also mentioned that sometimes ah. slow is a uh, enemy of change.
1: Right. This is one of my favorites because I think that the reason that uh, change the pace of change is slow in organizations is based on a flawed paradigm. I think literally people see the world in a way that that um, slows change down. So when we talk about a one-year plan, a two-year, a five-year plan, what we're basically saying is change is something, or the future is something that's out there. We're going to get to it at a later point in time. And by defining it as a later point in time, we're like, even when we're successful, we're guaranteeing that it's going to take that long. So I have a lever that deals with this called think and act as if the future were now. And what that lever says is get some image of the future. I don't care how small and insignificant it may seem to you or how large and overwhelming it may seem to you, but get an image of the future. And then from that place, think and act as if that future were now and start behaving today as if you were living in that future. And by doing that, what you find is that there's a lot of things that you can start doing differently right here and now. And the pace of change, like, am I in the future or am I in the present? And the best work my clients do is they say, it's hard to tell. I mean, I thought that this was something we were going to do next year, but now here I am doing it today. The other benefit of this, which I think is huge, is what I call the believability index. So when change is occurring in organizations, most people are sitting there saying, is this for real? I mean, can I trust it this time? Is this going to be like another Lucy Charlie Brown in the football? Am I going to get it pulled out from under me and this isn't going to be real and I'm going to be hung out to dry? Well, when you think and act as if the future were now, look to the left and right of you to your colleagues and people are doing business in new and better ways because they're thinking and acting as if the future were now. So my bravery Index goes up as well because I look around and I say, Hey, I'm not alone. Or if I happen to be one of the first ones to step out, I get company very quickly because people see me doing business differently. And they say, Wait a second, we don't need to wait till next year for this change to occur. Maybe to complete the whole thing, but
0: we don't need to wait to get started. Well, you know, when you talk about this uh, transition of change, you know, it's so important to think about how. Others can influence us in respect to taking that next step. You know, they say a team can die with one bad person. So if you have one bad person on the team who's negative or challenging or confrontational, the whole team gets disrupted. Similarly, if you have somebody who's willing to take that step and be brave and say, look, I think the future is now. I want to be part of the future. So I'm going to trust what we're doing and step into it to your point, I think it'll pull others. And especially if that person starts to demonstrate success, your likelihood for change not only will happen, it might even happen a little bit quicker.
1: The one other thing I would add briefly, Ed, is that for listeners out there who are leaders, and and I say that because everybody's gonna lead in some way in an organization. I don't care what title you have, you have that opportunity. There's a spotlight on leaders and organizations. People watch what they're doing. They listen to what they're saying. The volume gets turned up when those people speak. And so if they're thinking and acting as if the future were now, it's almost an invitation and permission to the rest of the organization to start doing it too. And when you change your paradigm, Then you change your behavior and the whole world becomes different because you choose to see it differently, then you can be different in it.
0: Fantastic uh, context, Jake. I just want to go over your last observation, which is it might've been hard to do. It might've been slow to do, but it also might have disappointing outcomes, which you really don't know, I think in some cases, until after you have attempted to make change or start to move in that particular direction. Tell us a little bit more about uh, disappointment as it relates to Sure.
1: So, So let's do this, Ed. Let's say that we can bank the benefits we've already talked about. So this issue about uh, too much change and change fatigue, we've got a way to deal with that. So we're, we're not suffering from that problem. Uh, speed and acceleration of change, well, it's not taking too long because we've got that lever. One of the other problems that gets in the way of, of uh, change being disappointing is that people don't know enough to make good decisions. So you find that information is power in organizations, and I'm a proponent that says it is, and it needs to be shared widely. That power needs to be shared. And so when you have people not able to make good decisions, you you end up with bad strategies getting implemented poorly. So it's like a double whammy, right? I don't understand what the strategy is, and I don't understand the implementation plan. So there's a lever called create a common database. And what this says is, if you know something in the organization that somebody else needs to know, then stop keeping it a secret you've got a responsibility if you know something that somebody else needs to know, you've got a responsibility to share it with them. And that goes across the whole organization. There are things that leaders know. We had a client once where we were working and they had a mini MBA course that they did for people on the front lines to understand convertible bond yields and floating interest rates. And they were in a merger and acquisition. It's like if people understood that, they would know why. We're in such a hurry to make this integration work. And without that, they don't have the context. They don't have the understanding. So creating a common database is really about making sure people know enough to make good decisions and then... Alignment comes for free. I don't have to work on alignment. When reasonable people are exposed to reasonably the same information, they come up with reasonably the same conclusions. So if I can educate my organization so that this common database, and it's not a one-time deal, it's like living, breathing, coursing through the veins of the organization, strategic information, then you can give people a lot more freedom to go out and make independent decisions because you know they're coming from an aligned place.
0: Jake, I just wanna go back to one of your earlier observations. And let's say I'm a leader at an organization and I want to share a change concept with my boss and we've had a ton of change at the organization, yet I do believe this is something we should continue to move forward with. And it might take bravery to go to my boss and say, hey, there's something that we need to do that we haven't done. I know we've had a lot of change you know, any tips or suggestions on what that person could do to, you know, find the wherewithal to move forward and talk about it?
1: Yeah. So, the first thing I would recommend is that they not talk about it. What I would recommend is that they ask questions and listen. So, often, too often, I think, people have agendas and they try and work those agendas without understanding where the person is that they're trying to work their agenda with. So the only way to build a shared agenda, which is one that you're going to care about and I'm going to care about is to understand what the other person is up to. How are they going to define success? What are the issues they're wrestling with? You know, I don't have the context that, that a leader has for the work that they're doing. And so, what they're struggling with and what their issues is, I, I do these uh, Jake on Change videos on LinkedIn, couple minute, quick videos, and um, one of them was make those you hate successful. And so, this is this was a real story. They all are. And I was I was coaching somebody in this group consultation program, and she's just complaining about this person she was partnering with, and it was like they didn't get it, they weren't listening, it didn't matter to them. Uh, I said, yeah, but they have things that matter to them. They have things that they know. If you could make that person successful, they would become a better partner for you if you became a better partner for them. And I always look and I say, well, who's the more capable party? They get 51% of the responsibility. So if I've got an issue that I want to bring up to my boss, I would start with questions and understanding. I, I wrote in the book, the four most powerful words that you could use in organizational change are, could you say more? So what I want to do is make it an invitation. I want to hear more about where you're coming from, because then I'll know how to frame what I'm saying. But also what happens is when people are heard,
0: they are more willing to listen absolutely uh you know one of the key attributes of a great leader is somebody who demonstrates curiosity and also listening don't be curious if you're not going to listen oh and you lord only, no and you can only really listen if you are curious so jake thank you so much for your time today i would imagine many of the tips including many more can be found in your new book leverage change eight ways to achieve faster easier better results uh, how can people find out more about you? What ways they, can they reach out and learn about you and your organization?
1: Yeah, the best way is to go directly to the website, and it's jakejacobsconsulting.com. And I have one request and challenge for people when they go there there's a free ebook that's a download. It's called 27 Ways to Achieve Faster, Easier, Better Results Immediately. And it's all based on the book. So for each of the levers, there's three or four simple actions that you can take to get a big impact. And so my request is download it. My challenge is use it. Try one or two of these things out. And if they don't work, then delete the ebook and don't go to Amazon and (laughs) don't have anything to do with me ever again. However, if you find that there's value, and I believe you will, then keep using the other 27. Find ways to start using those. And if you find enough value in that, then head over to Amazon and get the book. But I want people as like proof points to themselves to say, you know what, this is huge help for me in the change work that I'm doing. And you can use this. If I want a better relationship with my boss, Ed, that's a change project. If I want to get along better with my colleague, that's a change project. So it doesn't have to be a massive thing. It can be, but simple
0: daily work can be better by using these levers. Well, fantastic. And you're touching quickly on a core module that I work with clients, which is converting ideas to action. And so I loved your challenge because as we know in our Google world, there are billions of ideas out there. If you want to know how to do something better, just Google it and you'll get lots of resources. How do you convert it and take action is key. So Jake, thank you so much again for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Ed. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us this week. And we hope you join us next week as we further explore being brave at work. We we'll also remind you to subscribe to our podcast at bebraveatwork.com and or download and listen to our podcast on multiple online platforms. We are everywhere. Our podcast today was sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies, whom you can reach at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at cabotrisk.com. And a reminder to check out my new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Own Success, which is available in paperback, electronically, and in audio everywhere online. Do you have something to say yet are not saying it? Do you have something to do yet are not doing it? Now is the time to be brave at work. Have a great week.